Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today in the show, the digital Chinese Ren rolls out. Two major executives leave Coinbase after controversial stance. And in our main story... Founder of OKX, asked by the police. For tea? All coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Yo, what's up, everybody? Today is Friday, October 16, 2020. And before we get into the prizes, I want to remind everybody that I am going to be off all next week. And because I'm off all next week, I have lined up and pre-recorded some great conversations such as Bitcoin versus Gold and silver. Can Bitcoin rival gold and silver? Centralized exchanges versus decentralized exchanges. Jamison Lap goes through the whole year of crypto news with me. Sam Bankman Free talks about DEX's volume as being bullshit and voting on the blockchain. So don't forget to tune in every day next week. There will not be news, there will not be prices, but there will be amazing conversations to go deep down the rabbit hole to see where this crypto space is going. And now we're going to the crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin sitting at $11,345.76, down a percent from yesterday. Ethereum 368, down 2.8% from yesterday. Litecoin 4730, down 5% from yesterday. Chainlink, exactly the same as yesterday at 1071. Actually, it fluctuated two cents, but we're not even going to worry about that. And XRP at 24 cents even, down 3% from yesterday. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is $355.9 billion with a BTC dominance of 59.1%. Top 5 coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, XRP, and Bitcoin Cash. And obviously, our main story today is going to be the founder of OKX, Xu Mingxing, getting taken by the police or asked for tea by the police. And here to talk about that is my good friend, writer from Decrypt, Scott Cipollina. Scott Cipollina, my co-host. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Matt. How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Hey, you, I know that this is breaking news for everybody. Everybody's trying to scramble to figure out what's going on. I am running around voting today and trying to figure out what's going on as well. OKX, the founder, got taken away from police. We're not allowed to say he got arrested. He got invited for tea. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> can you can you please explain what's going on? Yeah, so current information puts it at the, uh, the owner of the exchange, OKX, has been taken away by the police. Uh, it's important to clarify, again, that that might not necessarily mean that he's been arrested. We, we need to stick to the language being used here just for accuracy's sake. I, I suppose that's really the top line of the story. A uh, bit of background is that prior to the uh, suspension of withdrawals from the exchange, uh, Glassnode have come out today publishing some interesting data that shows a, a total of about 10,000 Bitcoin, which is worth, worth rather over $110 million, has been like withdrawn within the last two days, which is some interesting backstory, I suppose. That's that's what I would say about that. 
So I lived in China for 13 years, and when you go to have tea with the police, it's usually never a good thing. Uh, so I know we're not—I know it's not an arrest, but there is definitely something going on. And especially if the accounts are frozen and people are not able to withdraw. Actually, a buddy of mine just texted me before I hopped on the phone with you, and mm-hmm. he said that he is not able to withdraw almost a whole full Bitcoin off the exchange that he has been holding there. By the way, everybody, if you have coins on your exchange— do not keep them on an exchange, not your keys, not your coins. Get them off. Get them into a wallet so it doesn't get frozen or anything happens. We already saw BitMEX. We already saw OKX. Where do we see this going in the future? Do we have any kind of inkling how this is going to roll out after today? Well, I think that right now, to be honest, information is fairly under wraps. I mean, if we look at the uh, the company statement that's been issued, I'll just read it here for, for the sake of clarity. Uh, one of our private key holders is currently cooperating with the Public Security Bureau in investigations where required, uh, adding... We have been out of touch with the concerned private key holder, and as such, the the associated authorization could not be completed. So right now, that doesn't technically tell us very much. Um, we just know that withdrawals have been frozen. We know that the owner has been taken by police, and strikes me as a bit of a de- uh, developing story, to be honest. Well, Scott, I don't know what else we could talk about this, but besides uh, that, we hope everything works out for the best. But I do actually have one last question before we get off: Is yeah. we did see Bitmax and we did see OKX, um, we see that maybe governments around the world. Now, this is total speculation. This is total opinion this is just us because we yeah. follow the news and we talk about it every day sure. do we do we see that there's a global crackdown on maybe money laundering or exchanges not fully uh, abiding by regulations within their home countries i would say so I, I would push back on the word crackdown but i think that there is definitely a lot of catching up that's been taking place a lot of this is obviously driven by the fifth uh, money laundering directive and international standards that are driven by by FATF, the Financial Action Task Force. They're now getting their hands on virtual assets, which in my view is a good thing. I wouldn't necessarily say that we should be surprised by stories like BitMEX because at the end of the day, any, any new industry has experiences like this, one could say. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, a crackdown, but you know, at the end of the day, crypto is becoming more and more mainstream. And with that growth and with that evolution, there is a growth and evolution in the regulatory system that governs crypto. So that I suppose that's just the way that the, the story develops. And I totally lied to you about being this, this being the last question, but you've worked <laughs> in traditional finance for a long time. And yeah. do, you, do you see any juxtaposition with, with what is happening here with traditional finance? Do you know any history about how that rolled out? Because I, like, I'm asking this because sure. we are totally fine with traditional finance right now. We are totally, we, we trust it, even though things are happening in the background, we don't know what's going on. Uh, everybody has their, their money in the bank. Everybody's using their their visa cards, everybody's buying yeah. stocks and what have you. Nothing to worry about. We have a lot of speed bumps in the crypto space that we hope gets smoothed out in the future. Do you see there's a juxtaposition between the two historically? And do you think that we're going to be in smooth sailing like we are with traditional finance in the future with crypto? I think we will be in the long run. Um, I think erecting some sort of regulatory system that, that that solves all of our issues ahead of time in crypto, that should be the goal. And I think that it's wise to pursue that as a goal. Um, and over, over time, we'll, we'll improve on that. In terms of whether or not there's a juxtaposition between the two sort of worlds of fiat and crypto, I I don't really know what to say there. I mean, one thing that I that I think is worth noting as a as a major distinction between the two, at least, is that pitfalls in fiat currency and pitfalls in traditional finance they they tend to be based on human behavior. If you look at a lot of the corruption stories that come out of traditional finance, it's about unethical human behavior, whether that comes out of a major corporation or a regulator or a government doing something it shouldn't be doing in crypto i don't think that's necessarily the same the same road that we take because 
the technology is, I hesitate to say immutable, but at least that's the goal. And that's what that's what's discussed. So I think that to achieve transparency and justice and all these words about financial clarity that we can talk about in crypto, it's more about access to technology and public understanding of the technology that governs the crypto world. We are moving towards the same goal of making sure that crypto is regulated and things are fair, but it we have to come at this from a different perspective. When, when we read about, um, you know, an exchange has been hacked and money has been lost, it has a different nature to it than when we hear of similar stories in the fiat world. They, they just are different by their nature. And can you define different by their nature? In fiat or in traditional finance, wrongdoing is far more available to human behavior and to agency and unethical actions. In crypto, yes, you can obviously describe hacking, for example, as an unethical action, but reliance is a lot more evident on the technology, whereas in the traditional world of finance, that isn't necessarily the case. The phrase under the table, moving cash under the table, that doesn't require any any technology whatsoever. So I think that that's a really interesting distinction that we need to make as we continue making sense of a regulatory system to govern this world, that it has to focus on different problems and different ways to find solutions for those problems, if that makes sense. Scott, I think that's a very fair assessment. Scott Cipollina, writer for Decrypt, and sometimes my, what are you, my co-host? My, and sometimes my co-host. I'd be a co-host. Thank you. <laughs> that's great. I'd like to be a co-host, that's for sure. Thank you very much for coming out and talking about this. Thanks very much, man. And in other news... Two major executives leave Coinbase following a controversial stance by the company and the company's founder, Brian Armstrong. Those two employees join another 60 employees that left Coinbase or 5% of the workforce because of the stance. And this stance is no politics at the workplace. Don't talk about it. Don't advocate for it. Don't bring it in. Not at Coinbase. Keep your politics out of work. While some people praise this, other people are saying, come on. That's not what Bitcoin is for. Bitcoin is about freedom, freedom and liberty, freedom of speech, freedom of finances. And among those people is Jack Dorsey advocating that Brian Armstrong crossed the line. And we will not let that irony pass that just yesterday, Twitter was found censoring posts from the New York Post regarding Hunter Biden. So, Jack, we will take you with a great assault there. But that is a point. Bitcoin is about freedom. Why stifle it in the workplace? On the flip side of that coin, or the flip side of that Bitcoin, haha, how can you have a financial company that handles finances, credit card information, personal information of people from all walks of lives, and then have within your ranks people with certain individual ideas or political ideas that are advocating for them visibly? And then what happens if something happens? Is that going to be looked at as a political bias? If somebody, say, from one side of the aisle doesn't get a fair shake when it comes to Coinbase, and then it's obvious that the person from another side of the aisle is handling that case, it could get very convoluted and messy. What do you guys think about this? Do you think that there should be politics in the workplace or you should leave it at home? Email me, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. And if you want, if I get enough emails, we'll come on and talk about that and how it relates to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. The digital Chinese yuan, or the Chinese renminbi, is being rolled out in gas stations in Shenzhen right now. This is just a test project to see how it works. Payments are being made by mobile apps without the need for an internet connection. Feedback so far has been promising, but this is just one step closer to a digital yuan on the blockchain. And finally, Coinbase is in the news a lot today. Coinbase gets a lot of data requests from feds, mostly from the FBI. Between January 1st and June 30th of this year, law enforcement requests information 1,914 times. 96.6% of these requests concern criminal investigations. 
These requests largely come from subpoenas, but it also may include search warrants, court orders, and other formal processes. Within the United States, the FBI made up 30.5% of the requests Homeland Security, 16.5%, state and local police, 16.2%, and the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, made up 9.3%, and the IRS, 8.8% of all requests. Coinbase's chief legal officer said in a blog post, quote, We respect the legitimate interest of government authorities in pursuit of bad actors who abuse others and our platform, end quote. It also goes on to say that transparency is a crucial part of accountability and maintaining customer trust. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. You guys have a good weekend. Stay safe. And just a reminder, again, I'll be off all next week. So you will just hear a different format and long form podcast with great guests and great topics. You can send me feedback on those episodes at MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. And don't forget, wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe, like, share, comment. People need crypto news. Happy hodling. And I will see you back on the 26th.